Thanks for joining us for another episode of Changing the Heartbeat. If you would like to have more information, please feel free to visit our website at citybeat.org. Now we are going to jump into this week's topic. Our prayer is that your heart is open to what this topic is about. What's up, everyone? Well, episode number two. I hope you got a chance last week to listen to episode number one. If you didn't, you can pause this really fast and go back and listen to episode number one. Um, But just really quick, my name is Jared Michael, and I'm joined with a special guest today. I'll introduce him in just one moment. Um, But we are launching the Changing the Heartbeat podcast, and we are in the middle of, well, I say the middle, we just started our first episode last week, but we have launched a campaign called The Real in the Raw. And the game plan of this podcast and the game plan of the campaign is to just bring awareness of issues facing our community and how we can, one, understand the reality of what's going on, but two, also how do we address these issues and bring the light of Christ and be a light to our city as a whole. And so we'll get more into that. And so again, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to it. And we're going to dive in today to today's topic. So before we get into today's topic, I have a special guest with me. He's a longtime friend. Um, He was my youth pastor at one time, and we now both serve on staff together at City Beat Church um, in City Beat Baltimore, and I'll let him introduce himself, and yeah, so yeah, say what's up, and... Hey, good morning. My name is Steve Kahn. I'm the outreach pastor at City Beat Baltimore, and uh, greetings from Carrollton Ridge. Yeah. I've been here since uh, 2002. January 2020 will mark my 18th year having the privilege of serving in the inner city. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And so, man, I remember your first time coming here and, and, and how far you've come along of just, and, and you've even, you've even lived in the neighborhood for a while, right? Yes, I have. I have about six years uh, living in the uh, church parsonage. Wow. And during those six years, there was a shootout, right, on the street, and your van was involved in my, the... My van was turned into Swiss cheese, yes. I got an apology the very next day. My only concern was, was anybody that we knew shot? And they said no, and I said, oh, we can get the car replaced. <laughs> so you definitely have the experience around here, and I know um, God's done a lot through your life here in Carrollton Ridge and a lot of things going on in the... Um, yeah, with, with all God's been doing through you and Christy and the boys now. Um, and so Pastor Steve is joining us today as we're going to jump into today's topic, and I'm going to let him share some of the reality of, of what's going on with our particular topic today. And I hope you're open to just um, receive what we talk about, and this may be something new for you. It may be something, yeah, you knew about, but um, my challenge for you today is that you would just take a new perspective as you listen to us just kind of share and at the end of this podcast, we're just going to share our heart of what we believe um, the redemption plan of God can do here in our city. And so today we're going to be talking about the abandoned and boarded up houses. So last week um, we talked about the alleys. We talked about the issue facing um, our streets, especially in Carrollton Ridge community. That's where our church and ministry is located. Um, but a lot of Baltimore City faces um, rough times with trash and alleys. And today we're going to talk about boarded up houses, which is a very big issue in our community. And so I'll let Pastor Steve maybe share some about the reality of the facts of boarded up houses in our area, how many are boarded up in our area, and yeah, just... Well, when I came in 2002, we really didn't have that many boarded up houses, and then over the years, as the neighborhood has sort of changed, Mm -hmm. uh, probably more so since the Freddie Gray riots, Mm -hmm. um, the drug dealing and the addiction has kind of, I guess, precipitated the... uh, 
the abandoned houses, about 70% of the houses in the Carrollton Ridge neighborhood are abandoned. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that there's not someone living in them. It just means there's no legal owner nor renter uh, in that particular house. Yeah, that's good. And so, I mean, it's good what you're sharing, but I think the reality is it isn't good in the sense of how bad things have gotten over the years. And so it wasn't unusual back in the day to see most of our area living and flourishing in houses, um, flourishing with families. And to see an abandoned house was kind of like, whoa, you know, it was kind of a shock. And today it's a shock when you don't see abandoned house, right? It's like the complete opposite. You walk along the streets and if you see a whole row of houses that are living in, you're like, huh, that's kind of weird because most of the area is boarded up. And I guess what would you say for families that live here? Because, I mean, we've been here for a year now um, and a lot's changed since we've been here over 17 years ago. What um, what would you say have changed with even people's perspective of even families living here of trying to move out? And a lot of times they're just trying to get out as fast as they can because the neighborhood is so changing. Yeah. There are a lot of families that are trapped here, either mm-hmm. financially in most cases, I think they have the desire to leave the neighborhood, but are just not in a position to do so. Yeah. And because of the, um, I guess you could say, the blowback from drug dealing and drug addiction, uh, the neighborhood has changed drastically in, say, the last three to four years. Um, all of it directly connected to you know, the addicts that are not local from this neighborhood. We do have people who live here locally in houses and own and rent, mm-hmm. but a majority of our abandoned uh, houses here have someone living in them. They are addicts that have come to Baltimore in search of cheaper fentanyl and more plentiful fentanyl and have found themselves stranded here. Mm. Yeah, and it's, and I think that's the, the hard part of all because then, um, like you're saying, so family moves out, they can't find a new renter to rent the house. Eventually, it kind of becomes laid um, dormant and, and no one's um, living in there. And so over time, um, squatters start to get in there and people who are homeless or even people who are addicted start to say, oh, no one's living here. And so uh, my addiction right now can't supply me money to live somewhere. So I'll just start squatting in these houses. And before long, it becomes a big issue of, you know, aborted houses start having tons of people sharing rooms. And I even heard a story not too long ago of someone who coming to our soup kitchen who um, was living in an abandoned house and started charging people rent in different rooms to live there, um, even though they didn't own the house, but they just started charging people to live there because they figured it was theirs because they were the first one there. Um, so it's crazy how this cycle just keeps becoming so slippery and in today now we have 74 75% of our houses are boarded up and majority of those houses either were rented majority of them the people who were renting them maybe didn't live in the neighborhood and so they kind of now are stuck with the responsibility of trying to keep up with it which is an ongoing battle because even our community association right they keep spending time boarding up all of these houses and then people break into them people start squatting in them again and so i guess what would you say in the lines of the boarded up houses, what would be one of the big issues that, that in a community like ours that we see facing? Because now it's like they're knocking down whole blocks at a time because they're not fixing up these boarded up houses. And so, I mean, the scary part is, and you could talk more about this, is if they keep going at this rate, I mean, they're knocking blocks at a time down in our neighborhood 
before long there's going to be more green grass than there is going to be houses you think this is true <laughs> this is true this is true um, most of the owners of these abandoned um, homes don't live in the state mm. uh, I guess there's a, a belief that well maybe the economy will turn around and the neighborhood will turn around and uh, that has yet to happen and mm. probably will never never at least manifest itself anytime soon and as you've mentioned earlier yeah they're knocking them down blocks at a time yeah and um, uh, at that point I guess when we finally have no more abandoned houses for you know the addicts nor the dealers to to occupy then maybe the, the the problem will go away as far as what brought them here in the first place the plentiful drugs and um, yeah that's good and I think it's hard because I guess I don't know how they plan to recover as they keep knocking so many houses down because then, you know, unless someone buys that land and starts rebuilding, it's kind of left, yeah. you know, vacant and we're kind of left now with people who are going to cut the grass and things like that because it becomes just a plot of land at that point. And, 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 and yeah, I think it's just a, a very big issue, especially in our community with abandoned and boarded up houses. And so, um, so going back to the thought of abandoned and boarded up houses with, with homeless people and squatters starting to infiltrate those places because obviously their addiction has brought them here, but then they're stuck to living on the streets and as weather starts to change, we're entering now the fall um, time here in Baltimore. It doesn't feel like fall, but we're slowly getting there. Um, but as the weather starts to change, then these people you know, obviously need these homes more and more because they can't live out in the streets because it's too cold. And so what starts happening is they start, you know, using lit fires in there and things, and then it becomes dangerous, right? I mean, and then it becomes a whole... Yeah, it's it's the, the, the fire season. Once cold weather starts in, for those that are not educated and living in an abando, you know, you want to stay warm. You The roof will keep you dry, but you also want to stay warm. And so they start small fires. They burn candles. Uh, in most cases, the addiction is a fentanyl addiction. So... You know, they nod off uh, because of the effects of the drugs while they've got a small fire started or a candle burning. And then the next thing you know, the whole building is on fire, mm -hmm. in most cases with them in it. And uh, it's, it's just sort of, again, a, just part of that cycle of addiction. And it's just sad between the, the devastation that the addiction brings to their lives personally and then the harm that they bring to themselves because they've set the building on fire and they're still in it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I remember... Um, it was a little while ago now. We were um, getting ready for church on a Sunday, and there was um, a couple that comes to our feeding all the time, Danny and Tatiana. Yeah. Um, they were um, living in an abandoned house not far from the church, and they had lit a fire to stay warm because it was a cold night. And they both fell asleep, unaware that the fire was still kind of raging at a pretty high temperature. And when they both woke up in the morning, they noticed that the house had been you know starts it started a fire and so Tatiana woke up to um, the reality of um, the house on her level was starting to go up in flames and and um, Danny was on the second floor and if she wouldn't went up there and shook him and woke him up he probably would have died so they got luckily out of the house and were okay and then they ran here to the church and when I when I went downstairs I just smelled like this hard um, tough um, you know, like a campfire smell. Like, what is going on? Is someone having a campfire in the church? I'm like, what's going on? So I went downstairs, and and there they were, and their you know clothes smelled like a campfire and like fire. My wife was there trying to help them, and they were just both you know going crazy, which they had every right to do. I mean, they almost died in the fire, but that's the hard thing is so, you know, the drugs brings them here. They they get into an abandoned house, and then they're just trying to survive at that point, start a fire, and then you know that luckily 
by the grace of God, they're still alive and, and, and the fire didn't take them out because a lot of cases it does. And so many times we see fires happening here in our area. And a lot of times it is because an abandoned house was set on fire by someone living in it or something like that. And so I know this is a big ongoing issue and there's a lot of talk of, well, you know, how do we resolve this issue? How do we fix it? How do we make things better? And there's probably not a one fix fixes all because, you know, it's not like chase all the homeless people out or or, or kick all the, the corner boys out of the, the streets so that way the people who are addicted leave and then our abandoned houses can just sit dormant because ultimately a house is meant to be lived in. And I definitely think, as we were talking earlier, it's, it is a spiritual thing. Just as, a, as a, a physical house is meant to be lived in, so is it with spiritual, right? God wants to live in us. And so I think it kind of relates to the spiritual problem facing our community, and that's why a lot of houses are boarded up. People feel unsafe. People don't want to live here, so they get out as fast as they can. And we just have this issue on our hand. So maybe share your thoughts on... Yes, this is a big, big issue, and it's it's hurting a lot of people. It's affecting a lot of families. A lot of kids even feel unsafe playing out in the streets because an abandoned house is next to them or their whole block is abandoned and their house is the only one livable. And so they go outside to play, and you know there's people running in and out of the abandoned house next door so their mom doesn't want them outside playing. So I guess share some of your thoughts on what you think would be the ideal um fixed to this issue and, and maybe just share from your heart because I don't think necessarily there's one thing that would fix like totally it but maybe from your experience being here seeing the community as a whole slowly shift from a few houses to now over over 70 some percent of the houses are boarded up what is your kind of heart on this I believe that uh, what we're facing now is not just uh, something that's isolated to Carrollton Ridge. I believe it's something that we have mm. going on throughout our nation. Whenever you have um, open-air drug markets, whenever you have uh, the addicted flocking to those locations, then mm. yes, the neighborhood suffers as a result. I think that some of the legitimate homeowners are, believe this lie that one of these days this neighborhood will turn around. Well, I don't believe that at least specifically where Carrollton Ridge is concerned, we will never be like Canton. We will never be like Fells Point or Federal Hill. Yeah. This is a an awesome blue collar neighborhood that has rich history that goes back to the, you know, 17, 1800s, but the reality is is homelessness really isn't uh, one of the problems. It's it's a symptom of a greater problem. Yeah. Addiction isn't one of those problems it's a symptom of a greater problem in yeah. fact the drug dealing and all of that are all just symptoms and it is it, it's spiritual in mm -hmm. nature i believe you can tie it back to ephesians 6 where it says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but then people would say well there's bodies and there's homes yes it's lived out in the natural world but it's still a spiritual battle and if you would ask yourself well what can i do to help well Throwing money at it apparently is not working. Yeah. So my recommendation after 20 years, the city's thrown all kinds of money at it. Different organizations have thrown all kinds of money at it, and it's not working. Um, throwing bodies at it. Well, let's just tear down more houses. Okay. Yeah. Again, this is a spiritually mm -hmm. uh, oriented problem. My recommendation would simply be what Jesus said. There are some things that we'll encounter in life that only prayer and fasting will change. So let's not pray that the, the, uh, the abandoned houses go away. It's a symptom. Let's not pray that the addicts go away. Again, it's a symptom. Let's just pray that the hearts of men and women, if, if you will pray and fast with us, will be turned back 
back towards God yeah. again, and that the uh, the dealer and the addict whose hearts are either hardened towards God or turned back towards God, yeah. I believe uh, will be the only answer that we've got. That's so good. That's so good. And I think, yeah, it's so instilling to people that God can change this neighborhood and these abandoned and boarded up houses and even the city knocking down blocks at a time, especially um, we own um, a, a church parsonage not far from here, only one street up on Furrow Street, and we see the aftermath of abandoned house next to it. Yeah. starts flooding a lot of the issues we're facing now with that house, with the roof leaking and things because it's not being taken care of. And and I definitely do, you know, we, we see the reality of we need a move of God in our community because we can throw more money at it, but that's not going to fix people. We can th- we can we can knock more um, we can knock more houses down, but that's not going to fix the issue. I think the biggest thing we're going to see in our community is people understanding that you know we need a move of God again in our community, and you know we need families to feel safe again. We need people to understand that violence and drug addiction isn't going to claim our community, and more importantly, these abandoned houses isn't going to be the final say. And so I want to encourage you, if you're listening today um, and you're taking all this in and you're maybe shocked at hearing the reality of our community, how you know many board-up houses, abandoned houses there is, and the reality of people living in them and it being very, very unsafe, um, yeah, we can board up more houses and, and try to keep people out, but they're going to find a way in. We can knock them down, but that's not fixing the human heart. And I want to encourage you today, if you are a believer and you're listening, uh, one, this is a big issue that we would ask that you would pray with us. And actually, as a as a church, as a ministry, we are entering 21 days of prayer and fasting. We started it um, on September 1st of 2019 of this year. And we've been praying and fasting and believing God to transform these issues. Um, like we talked about last week with the trash and the alleys um, and things we're doing like Adopt the Block. Um, our Bread of Life ministry that we're doing um, is a big cornerstone for a lot of the people who are living in these abandoned and board up houses. And, and so maybe Pastor Steve, share a little bit about what the Bread of Life Ministry does um, on a weekly basis and even the people we're ministering to. Um, maybe just share that because you kind of founded our Bread of Life Ministry and all these years later seeing how many people are being fed weekly and not just fed food but spiritually fed. Um, just share about the Bread of Life Ministry real quick. Um, about what that is and how we do that. Well, the bread of life was, uh, I guess you could say, uh, an idea that we got from Jesus. Jesus was all about servant evangelism. Uh, uh, if you saw a need, then pray, God, how can we meet that need? And in our neighborhood, we realized as the homeless population began to grow, and even those, our, uh, the, the bread of life serves not only the homeless, but they serve people who live in this neighborhood. Yeah. They, they rent or they own, and they're just trying to make it through the month, but they need some help you know, making it, their money stretch through the month. So we adopted a policy. Instead of just throwing a plate of food at them, we thought, well, why not let treat this like a restaurant and just invite them in yeah. and greet them, tell them what we're serving, offer up a little dignity, offer up a little self-respect, and give them some choices. But in the process, be able to engage them. Hi, my name's Steve. Well, what's your name? Oh, my name's Jared. Well, hey, Jared, where are you from? And that gives us an opportunity then to just listen to their story, find out where they're from, ask them what, you know, well, after hearing your story, what's your greatest need? And hey, can I pray with you? Or, you know, let me let me tell you that, you know, life, they might come in feeling, oh, life is hopeless. No, I, I got news for you. We serve a God of all hope and, and begin to just speak life into their situation. Yeah. Invite them to services. 
and remind them that God loves them just where they are. They don't have to do anything special or yeah. anything along those lines. And we've discovered that just by showing love, showing respect, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide our conversations, it's amazing the number of people that we see that come from our kitchen to our services. It's a process. I'd like to say that they get saved instantly and <laughs> delivered instantly and are yeah. no longer homeless, but it's a, it's a process that we walk with them and work through. And we believe that the best is uh, yet to come. That's so good. You know? And I think it's it's crucial what you were saying, how we invite not just the homeless person or the person who's addicted, but also the family member and the families who live in the area to come and be a part. And as we break bread together and eat together, we're realizing there is hope in our community. There is something beyond um, just living for the here and now. And so people are starting to realize that and we're able to pray with people and, and people are able to join together. And we are noticing change, even though it may be in small ways, there is change happening in people's lives. And as people begin to change, the abandoned board up houses issue will naturally fix itself. Um, and, and so maybe you're saying today and listening in your car or listening, driving home from work, or you're at your house listening or listening late at night and you're kind of thinking, well, well, okay, well, how can I be a part? How could I, um, well, one of the things is you can come and serve with us. You can come. We, yes. we serve bread of life every Tuesday and Thursday and first Saturday. And our bread of life ministry is open to anyone. We serve from 11 to 1 PM. And on Saturdays with our Adopt-A-Block, we run our Bread of Life ministry. And you're more than welcome to come and serve with us. And we serve on an, on an average um, maybe 120, 150. We've served up to 180, 200 people a day. Yeah. And, um, and by the calculations of the calendar of last month, we served about 1,500 people the whole month. And, and so a lot of people are being impacted and affected by just coming into our building and seeing the reality of when, when God can change a human's heart, the bigger issues that people look at, like the alleys, like the abandoned board of houses, those things will change when people begin to change. That's so true. So and, and and that's kind of been our prayer. I know that's your prayer and Christy's prayer and a lot of us, our church and ministry, that's our prayer is that we're going to start with the people and believe these bigger issues will, will begin to resolve themselves. And yes, there's a part to play and we want to keep people safe and we don't want to just let people roam into abandoned board of houses and do whatever they want. I do understand that. But I do want to stress the reality of the people are 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 the first concern beyond just an abandoned and boarded up house. And and so I encourage you, if you want to get involved in our Bread of Life ministry, you can go to our website, citybeat.org, and, and check out more of, of the Bread of Life ministry. Pastor Steve is here weekly. Uh, man, he cooks some phenomenal meals. You have to come and check out some of his fantastic soups as it gets warmer, some of his amazing chicken salad. You have to come in and, and just break bread with us and join us and, and be a listening ear to someone as they share their story. Um, and so today I want to leave you with and encourage you that, yes, the abandoned and board up issue is a big issue in our community, but it's not the final say. And we're believing families are going to feel safe here again. And maybe, Pastor Steve, what, what would you say to someone who's listening right now who, who um, heard all this for the first time, didn't realize that this was a big issue? What would you encourage them with? Well, just continue... Um... I think a lot of times it's amazing what we will believe as truth until someone says, hey, that's not true. And yeah. so, you know, there are really good people here in Baltimore City. You know, there are those that live with, you know, within our community at, that are just like a lot of us, just making it day to day. But they're good people. They have dreams. They have aspirations. They have kids just like, you know, folks from the county or, you know, outside of the cities. And I believe that God... 
Um, God loves them just as much as he loves anyone else. And yeah. he's, you know, working through us and using us to affect and change lives. That's good. And I believe that uh, the best, again, is yet to come for Baltimore City. Amen. Amen. So if you want to get involved in our Brother Life ministry, please check out more. And there's, like I said last week, there's so many amazing other ministries happening all over the place. I know in Brooklyn, um, the Transformation Center with Brian Zimmerman, and so many other places um, are doing things. And so get involved, get plugged in, start serving yes. just once a month. Yeah. And, and when we start serving the people, I believe that even... Um, the um, board, um, boarded up and abandoned up houses, we're going to see that even change as it starts with the people. And so I want to encourage you with that today. And I hope you leave challenged today with, yes, things are bad, but don't let that be the final say. No. Don't let discourage you from, well, I guess Baltimore's long gone and forgotten. Not at all. And we're believing bright days ahead for Kelton Ridge. Um, and, and, and I want to invite you. So next week we got a special guest joining us. You'll want to come and listen to their testimony as we jump into next week's topic. But I'm just thankful. Pastor Steve, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. My pleasure. And thanks for being on it. And if you want to come and join us on a, on a Bread of Life outreach, come. And Pastor Steve would love to chat with you. And if you got questions, you can come and just, yeah, join us for a, a day of serving and, and, and be blessed by the people that we get to serve. And, yeah, you'll notice a lot of abandoned board of houses. That's not the final Santa area. Amen. And, and so thanks for joining us again. Check out our website, so citybeat.org, and we'll see you next week for a new episode. God bless.